Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And we're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you five days a week. Open up God's Word, dig deeper, learn more, and grow stronger in our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So our opportunity to get into God's Word on such a regular basis is really critical to the strength of our faith and even the strengthening of our faith. We're thankful that you're there. We're thankful to have heard from many of you and met many of you over the years as you've come to check us out at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. And many have stayed right along with us and can continue to study and grow spiritually with us. We encourage you to do that. Come and check us out. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Now, Our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we come back together for evening worship. And on Wednesday evenings, a good time in the middle of the week to stop and recharge our spiritual batteries, 6.30 each evening. We come back for midweek Bible classes each Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope you'll take advantage of them and tell others to do so as well. Now, we also encourage you, and we encourage you to tell others, to go to our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Tap on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or whatever other smart device you choose, you will receive Monday through Friday these lessons, Search the Scriptures. So if you have some times when you cannot tune in on the radio when the program is being broadcast, you'll still be able to download it and listen to it when you have the time because it will be right there for you. But you'll also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a real gem, I believe, we call it today's Bible class. Seven days a week, a short, only about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, keeping us in God's Word. All of that will automatically go to your smart device, your smartphone, computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whichever one you choose, and it will always be free. So take advantage of it and tell everybody you can to do so as well. We're going to finish up our study talking about seven dangerous nations. Now, we've talked about how people, if you said, do you think there are any dangerous nations out there? Almost everybody would say, there there sure are. Well, which ones do you think they are? And they'd start naming off a list. Some of those would be recognized as being dangerous nations by many people, generation after generation. Others would be newly added to the list from generation to another generation. But then that's really not what we're talking about, as I've said. Some people would say, well, there are nations in which it is dangerous to live right now, and especially if you want to live a really dedicated, open Christian life, if you want to practice Christianity openly and teach people about the gospel of Christ, uh, the dangerous places to live right now, and indeed there are, but there are also dangerous places to live on the basis of violence and and crime uh, all around us. 
well, people would name other nations along those lines. And some would even say, uh, even in the United States, there are some especially big cities where it is dangerous to live right now because of the violence and crime. And that's absolutely true. Well, but again, that's not really what we're talking about in this study. I'm using a play on words by using the word nations and attaching it to some identities that I think we all should be able to relate to and understand. And hopefully, prayerfully, as we've gone through this study, we'll finish it up today, that we can recognize as being dangerous nations for us to be involved in. We talked about abominations, and these are things that are sinful practices identified in Scripture as being abominations to God. We talk about contamination, and we're talking about letting ourselves become contaminated with worldly living, which is sinful living, sinful lifestyles that'll keep us out of heaven. We also talked about procrastination and how many people put themselves in grave danger by procrastinating, putting off becoming a Christian, or maybe as a Christian, putting off really faithfully serving God actively as a Christian, continually saying, well, yeah, I, I know I need to do better. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to it. I, I'm busy right now. And, and so they're procrastinating. They're in that dangerous nation of procrastination. Sometimes they never get to correcting what the problem might be in their life. And then there's discrimination. And it comes in many forms, and it's an enemy of peace and unity. And we need to recognize that God created every human being in his own image in that he created us with a soul. So we have a spiritual identity that goes beyond our physical identity. And Jesus said we're to love our neighbor as ourself. And as Christians, especially, we are all one in Christ. Every single human being is precious to God. Then we looked at termination, and what we're talking about there is the fact that many people become Christians recognizing that they need to be forgiven of their sins, they need to come to Christ as their Lord and Savior and God's Son, but then sometime after being baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, they terminate that relationship by walking back into the sinful practices of worldly living termination. Now, the last two we're going to look at today. Denominations. What? A lot of people, their eyes would bulge out, their ears would perk up. What are you talking about? Denominations being a dangerous nation? Absolutely. You see, while appearing to be outwardly spiritual, denominations actually cause division among those who want to be Christians. What does the word denomination mean? What's the basic meaning of the term? Division. I've used the illustration many times. Let's say you go into a bank and you are a customer of that bank. You have an account there. You go in and you bring a check in and say it's for $200. And so you give it to the teller and she asks, in what denomination would you like your bills? And you might say, 
I'd like 450s. Or maybe you might say, I want 1020s. Or you might say, I want 2010s. Or I'd like so many 20s and a few 10s and some 5s. You see, you're, t- you're talking about divisions of currency. That's what denominationalism has done to Christianity. It's divided those who wanted to become Christians into all kinds of different groups who believe different things, practice different things, and teach different things doctrinally. Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, John chapter 17, listen to what he prayed for. He said, beginning with verse, with verse, 20, uh, verse 20, now up until this point, and chapter 17 is just about all of it a prayer that he's praying to God the Father on the night of his betrayal. The next day he's going to be on the cross. Now, for most of this prayer, he's focusing on the apostles mainly. But in verse 20, he kind of shifts gears. And he says, I do not pray for these alone, just for the apostles, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In other words, those who would become Christians through the teaching of the apostles and the teaching of those who became Christians through the teaching of the apostles, because it's a recycling process, so to speak. We learn the gospel of Christ. We're baptized into him for the remission of our sins. We become Christian. But then we go out and we teach others about Christ and try to lead them to become Christians. And then they are to take that same message of salvation in Christ to others they know and try to lead them to become Christians. And so Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but for the, also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all, now notice this, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, he's not talking about a loose agreement to disagree doctrinally. He's talking about absolute unity. Do you think there's any disagreement between God the Father and God the Son as to what truth is, as to what the gospel is, as to how to be saved, what what mankind is supposed to be taught? about Christianity? No, they are absolutely, totally, completely in sync with one another. And that's the degree of unity that Jesus prayed for his followers to have. Christians, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. And what will that unity do for non-Christians? That the world may believe that you sent me. There's a huge percentage of people in this world right now who do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior. They don't believe in Christianity. Now, there's a much smaller percentage who don't even believe in God, but there's huge numbers who don't believe in Jesus but they see Christianity through the prism of denominationalism, and they say division. 
They see different groups teaching different things and all calling themselves Christians. They see confusion. And that really muddies the waters in their eyes as to what Christianity really is. Jesus prayed for complete unity, complete unity. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth, and that congregation struggled with disunity. And virtually right off the bat, the first chapter, verse 10, he says, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He uses five different expressions there to emphasize you need to be totally united. That's what our Lord prayed for on the night of his betrayal. That's what he went to the cross for. You need to be absolutely united, no divisions. You need to have the same mind, the same judgment. But denominationalism it's exactly the opposite. You believe what you want to believe, we'll believe what we want to believe. You interpret the scriptures your way, we interpret it our way. That is a lot of nonsense. That's not the unity that Jesus prayed for. We are to understand the scriptures doctrinally the same way so that people who are not Christians are not confused as to what should they believe if they want to become a Christian. The Apostle Paul laid out seven seven basic doctrinal points of Christianity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, he said there is one body. Now, he identified that already back in chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, as being the church, the body of Christ. He says there is one body. And one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, not two or three different baptisms, sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. The word means immerse, bury. And not for the reason to just have a good conscience or just to, you know, say, okay, now I'm in the church. No. The scriptures teach it's for forgiveness of our sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Acts 22 and verse 16. Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Calling in the name of the Lord. Acts 22, 16. It's the point at which we cross that threshold from being lost spiritually to coming into salvation in Christ. Mark 16, 15, and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to, every, to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. We're baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27, not several different kinds of baptism or modes of baptism, but there is one baptism and one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Christianity is not denominationalism, or maybe I should say denominationalism is not true Christianity. Denominationalism has divided those who want to be Christians. Stay out of denominations. Come to the true church, 
that simply goes by the scriptures and respects those teachings as being the true word of God. For our guidance, for our salvation, for our eternal life. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8 and verse 32. We cannot rightly be divided as to what the true teachings of God's word are when it comes to leading us to be true Christians. The last of the seven dangerous nations, and the worst of all, is condemnation. Condemnation. The worst words that we could possibly hear is Jesus on the final day of judgment saying, depart from me. Depart from me. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, who would be somebody who would call him Lord? Lord. We're talking about believers in Jesus. But he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, I'm not looking for somebody to follow me their way. I'm looking for somebody to follow me my way. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done, him, done many wonders in your name? And so these would sound like believers who are not passive believers, but believers who are active in what they believe about Jesus. But he still says, these are not going to be in heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, even those who say, We've prophesied in your name. We've cast out demons in your name. We've done many wonders in your name. Why? Because they did not follow him God's way, according to the scriptures. And so verse 23 says, and then I will declare to them, not only are you not with me, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. One translation says, you evildoers. Another translation says, you who practice lawlessness. Talking about spiritual law, God's law. Condemnation. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ on that final day of judgment and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Nobody will be excused from that appointment. We will all stand before our Lord and Savior, and we will all give account for how we have lived our lives physically in this world before him. Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 9 and verse 17. And this ought to really shake us to our souls when we think about the implication of what it says. 
The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Our nation is speeding down the road of forgetting God. And you might say, yeah, yeah, I know there are are atheists out there. I'm not talking about just atheists. They would be a small minority. I'm talking about people who would say they believe in God, but they're they're no longer living for God. They're living, they're contaminated in the ways of the world. They're living in the ways of ungodliness, trying to excuse it, maybe by saying, well, everybody does that. That's just the way it is now. No, not in God's eyes. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And the nations, all the nations that forget God. We need to wake up. We need to open our eyes. Truth is narrow. It always has been narrow. Stop and ask yourself, are you caught up? In one or more of these seven dangerous nations, your soul could be in jeopardy right now. Is that what you want? What to do? What to do? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 17 and 18. The apostle Paul wrote, come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. If you're caught up in one or more of these seven dangerous nations, come out from among them. Come to the Lord. Come to him his way. We'd like to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and contact us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We'd love to help you learn God's word accurately, correctly. We'd like to help you get to heaven. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to the truth your truth, and help us to open our hearts to accept it and live by it, to obey it, Father. Help us to not be caught up in any of these seven dangerous nations, but to always live according to your teachings, to your glory. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.